The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Redboard Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me alongside, as always, the wonderfully talented mom, announcer, uh, uh, just strategist, beach boss, Michelle Yu. You're the, you're the beach boss. Well, I crushed, crushed you. I did week. crush you this week. But that was kind of unfair because I loved Balnikov and he was our horse. I'd, I would have taken him anyway. You know what the bad thing is? Is I should have played a smarter exacta because I – or I, well, yeah. I used Barsabas in my exacta and didn't use Peter Miller's. And if I had done like a – A try. But you're yeah. not supposed to do that in Beach Boss. That's the whole point. But I should have bet Barsabas across the board. I should have done the same thing you did yes. with Balnikov. Yes. You might have won. I know. Um, oh, well. Anyway, Beach Boss 10 t- – what time is it? 11 o'clock Saturday? Something like that? Something like that. Something like that. We'll have the, uh, we have a feeling it's going to be the Del Mar uh, handicap. Del Mar handicap? Del Mar. Oh, you have a feeling? Yeah. I have a feeling. So Which, it's the San Diego, you San mean? San Diego, yes. Sorry. Del Mar handicap. I'll oh. tell you, I mean, the San Diego is a good race. There goes Harvard Defundant, Mandaloon coming out. Yeah. Stiletto Boy, Senior Buscador, Carnelli, yeah. Tripoli, Country Grammar, and Royal Ship. It's a good That's race. That's a damn good race right there. Very but good But I race. have to say the Bing Crosby, also very good. Desmond Doss, Shaz, Bag Boss, Drain the Clock, Principe Carlo, How Be It, Let's Get Lucky, Diamond, Oops, American Theorem, and Get Her Number. This is like, I would say that we're waiting for like a breakthrough sprinter, and this is a very competitive race to see who's going to step up. I agree. It would be interesting. It's going to be interesting which race uh, Claire chooses for our do, beach do, boss. Do, Claire is under so much pressure now. Yeah. Uh, Michelle, great opening weekend at Del Mar. I think we should get right to it because we have a guest standing by who is pretty, pretty good. Important. <laughs> uh, if you are uh, listening and you want to f- just fast forward and not listen to Michelle and I talk, we uh, have a great interview with Saul Cuman coming up from Madikit Stables. Uh, he had a monster weekend. Um, he won one, two, three, four, five, seven races last weekend, including two graded stakes and uh, three overnight stakes, including the Oceanside, as one of our partners with Belnikov. Excellent. How about so that? So should we should we jump right into our three things of note? Yeah, let's go. Let's go through the th- three big things of note, and then okay, we'll talk so, to Saul, and then we'll come up and back and wrap things up. All right. So our three things of note this week is brought to you by Gainsway. From top international bloodlines to rising stars on American soil, Gainsway has put together a stallion roster that is not only primed for future success, but is currently making its mark on the track, led by Caraconti's rising star, Spenderella. That's a nice horse, Spenderella. Yeah, she she ran awesome last she time. Did. Out, yeah, she did. Gainsway. Good job. Power, passion, performance. That actually wasn't in my read, but that's like what I think of when I think of Gainsway. I like that. I like that I you mean, just went for it. When you come with like, when you have like a long time catchphrase, I feel like you just have to, have to use it. Yeah. Right. I agree. 
Anyways, okay, so uh, first thing to note was obviously the fact that we had racing at Del Mar this week. Opening uh, day was completely sold out. We had a couple of good stakes. The Oceanside was won, as you heard from Billy, um, by Balnikov for Matacat Stables, Little Red Feather Racing Club, at all. And it was a really nice victory. We'll let you talk about it in just a sec, but also um, on the weekend, the Cougar the Second, which is won by Haywood's Beach. Yeah. Uh, first of all, let's just talk about the opening weekend at Del Mar, which I thought was fantastic. Big crowds, big fields, great betting races. Um, I was kind of not a proponent of the whole 22,000 person sellout, Michelle. 21,750 if okay. you want to be well, exact. I, I was rounding up. Um, but, you know, it was a nice day. It felt crowded, but it didn't feel insanely crowded yeah yeah which i thought was okay so kudos to them for making that decision uh balnikov it's it's really funny michelle because you've been in this position before where you know your husband is a trainer and i'm sure that he has come back after a race where a horse maybe didn't run that well and he said you know what this one's on me mm-hmm. um and phil d'amato did that and phil d'amato had a fantastic weekend four wins seven seconds i believe five thirds three thirds uh, from 22 starters, um, he won two stakes. Uh, and after Balnikov ran in the cin- cinema, uh, he just said, guys, this one's on me. Never should have ran him. Ran him back too quick from the big effort at Churchill. I promise you, next time we'll be different. We're going to make some changes. We're going to take the blinkers off. We're going to just get him covered up and have him make one run. That's what he wants to do. And it's like everything that w- that could have gone right went right. And Someone said to me the other day, like, you know, hey, are, how many wins you might have this weekend or how many? And I said, truthfully, if the horses are firing, that's what you need because the rest is going to come down to pace, trip, and luck. Mm-hmm. I should make t-shirts. Pace, trip, and luck. And that's really what it is. Your, your horse might run. We had a couple horses over the weekend. Atomic Drop ran a really good race. Gold Phoenix ran a really good race. They didn't win, but they were victims of either just not the perfect trip or just a pace scenario that didn't quite work out. Uh, and those things happen. And in order, we talk about it all the time in order to win races, especially at a place like Del Mar or Saratoga or Keeneland, uh, these meets that everyone's pointing for things just have to go perfect. And that's how you win races. So when someone says like, well, that horse got the perfect trip, uh, well, I was standing on my soup soapbox and I just knocked my whole microphone out. (laughs) Billy gets very (laughs) excited. So what's going on? All right. So I don't even know where we were because I was just. uh, That that was first thing of note. Yeah. Good. Okay. So second thing of note is just want to do like kind of an overall roundup of graded stakes. So on Wednesday was the honorable miss, which went to uh, Kamari for Coolmore and Partners. Um, The Shuvi for uh, Phillies and Mares. That was a really good throwdown. Clarier and Malathat threw down. And it was the girls in gold, Stone Street, Clarier coming out on top. Love that. Uh, the dance smartly over at Woodbine. Wanaka was the victor in that particular race. Um, also, we had the San Clemente here at Del Mar, Bella Bell in a really exciting finish, I felt like, yeah. um, for Michael Netwig and partners. The um, United Nations and the Haskell were both run and uh the united nation went to adamo with our can we mention who our guest was i did i okay. said saul cumin remember i, I talked to the stuff about him but i, I said saul cumin maticad he's coming up Stables. yes and uh the tvg haskell went to cyber knife for al gold who's been on our show 
the Molly pitcher went to search results, which is funny, actually. I didn't uh, see that particular race, but I play a fantasy stable, and I'm 99% sure that she's in my fantasy stable, so that's really exciting for that's me. That's awesome. Uh, Clarevich Stables, the winning owner there, and the I think Coach we have... of American Oaks was a really good race for Nest Eclipse Thoroughbred Partners. Woo! Well, I think that was a lot. Was that a, a new point, like point two, or no? That was point two. Yeah, it was just like a stakes roundup. A stakes I roundup. Mean, I, I think you have to talk about. I think you have to talk about the Haskell for a second because yeah. first couple of things. Number one, Jack Christopher was uh, favored and. Uh, Ran well, but looked like maybe the distance and the hot pace got to him. Um, Bob Baffert and Zidane, uh, your your buddies, um, Zidane, uh, Taiba, 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 ran really well. Looked like a winner at the top of the lane to me. Mm-hmm. And then your one of your favorite horses, Cyberknife. Cyberknife. I mean, he came through on the rail. Brilliant ride by uh, Florent Giroux. You mentioned uh, mentioned Mr. Gold, who has uh, has owner's box karma going his yes. way. Uh, and I thought it was a really kind of fun, cool race with a bunch of good three-year-olds. You know, with uh, Cyberknife, I would feel like that's the most mature race that we've seen from him. I-, I was not thrilled with his rail draw because he tends to lug in and lug out down the stretch um, and knock into other horses. So I... Go get undies. Go get undies. Go get undies. Everybody needs undies. Go get undies. I mean, I don't understand. Spencer, people just need undies. after some other people... Uh, he didn't have any undies on this morning and we got home and I'm like, where's your undies? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, great. (laughs) Um, that happens anyway. So overall that was, I thought that was a very good effort and good effort. Like you said, from Jack Christopher and also Tyba, I think there was the chance that he was maybe like the one hit wonder and he's showing that he might be around to, to stay. Yeah. Where do you think Tyba goes next? Not to the under drawer. Um, good question. That's right. Good question, Billy. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Thank you I'm very trying much. I'm to put underwear on my kid right now. Um, I don't know. Where do you think he goes? I don't I know. Mean, That's why I asked you. Do you think you. he's against three-year-olds? Yes. I do. I don't know. Maybe he comes back home and runs in the shared belief. Oh, well, I was going to say he goes and runs in the Travers. Maybe. Maybe. Right? All right. That's point two. Uh, point three. Um, okay, so for point three, it's kind of a little. I don't want to say it's it's negative. But do you want to like do you want to talk to Spencer for a second? Okay, yeah, hold on one second. All right. Okay. Uh, Where were we? Our third thing of note. Third thing of note is you said it's a negative. It's not a negative. It's just it's. You'll see. Okay. Surprise me. I'm gonna surprise you. Okay, because Saul Keeman's just waiting for us to talk to him. So our last thing of note is I have to it has to be the uh, glorious Goodwood Cup, right? I don't know. If, did you watch it? I didn't watch it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I say it's a little bit sad because Stradivarius came back and he looked like he was going to win. Like he was in front and they were coming down the line. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be amazing. Um, and that was his final race. And I was like, this is, he's going to go out a winner, which is going to be fantastic. And 10 yards from the wire, Kiprios, uh, came and got him. Oh. Stradivarius was looking for, I believe his, maybe his fifth Goodwood cup. Amazing. Um, and Andrea Addini replaced Frankie de Tori for this. And it, ju- was this the I race that people were talking about like, that, that they thought he pulled him up too soon or something? 
No, this is the horse. Oh, wait, in this week? Or you mean with Frankie? Oh, I don't know. I thought there was some something going around, well, but maybe Frankie I'm wrong. Well, Frankie wrote him at Ascot, they thought he, Frankie gave him way too much to do, and he was kind of like a flat, like fourth or something like right, that. Right, right. Um, but, I mean, he looked like a winner, and then here comes Kiprios. And it wasn't like Kiprios blazed by him. He just kind of got there, and I would say maybe a length at the end is what he won by. Um, but... You know, when we knew it was going to be Strad's last race, he was looking to win the the cup for the fifth time. I felt like it was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing. And then it was like, ah. Oh. Mm. Mm. So. All right, let's do this because um, we got to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. We're going to hear from the Breeders' Cup. And then we're going to go in to my man, Saul Cuman of Madikit Stables. You ready, Michelle? Would you, be mad if I, would you be mad if I told you we don't have Breeders' Cup this week? I already checked. No, it's Betmakers, Gainsway, and Adelphi. Oh, I went to a wrong email. So yeah. I'm not going to be mad, but they do sponsor our show sometimes. They do sponsor our show. So who do we have coming up? Uh, so we have we Betmakers right. and Adelphi. Adelphi. Right. We'll, Adelphi. We'll be right back. We'll hear from those in a second. With Saul Cuman from Maddox. Yay! Yay! And want to thank one of our sponsors, Adelphi Racing. It's a racing club of like-minded people who enjoy horse racing and the camaraderie of being a part of something bigger than themselves. It's a true community. The founding partners have all owned horses at other partnerships and syndicates, and we're going to have some of their founding partners on our show coming up later on this summer. Um, they also offer a fiscally sustainable approach to horse ownership through a patient mid-market acquisition strategy with yearling purchases in the seventy-five dollars to $150,000 range. And there is very limited remaining shares available in a couple of exciting two-year-olds, including a New York bred colt by Red Hot Sire Lauben named Gem Mint 10, who is going to be in the barn of Ray Handel, as well as a Taprit colt named Magistrate, I love that name, currently in training at Kinsman Farm in Ocala, and he will be headed up to Christophe Clement. If you'd like to join the club, you can log on to AdelphiRacing.com, A-D-E-L-P-H-I-R-A-C-I-N-G.com, or email Matt at Adelphi racing.com all right welcome back to the owner's box we have a very special guest somebody who we haven't talked to in a long time but this guy and his team won one two three four five six seven races over the weekend we're going to go through them with my man Saul Cuman, Madikit Stable Saul thanks for coming on today oh thanks for having me good to, good to talk to you guys it's oh. been too long you guys don't call me enough well, this is, this I, is the only time Saul talks to me. I text him all the time. He never answers me. That's not true. Oh, I always, that's bullshit. Yeah. I always answer you. That is. Fair, to be fair, I do know that some of the time it's because I text his office number on accident. That's probably true. Yeah, Michelle, I was going to say, those ones, I, do, I don't respond to those, Michelle, just to be clear. <laughs> um, I'm so glad to know that. Um, we have, you know, the last time we talked, I think, was on the show was uh, with when you had Lady Eli. I mean, that's like years ago. Oh man, that I was a long like we time ago. To him maybe last year, Delmar though, did we not? No, no, we didn't. I think he he Bob, avoided we'll have us. We'll to look in the archives. To yeah, find we'll have, the to, exact we'll have to go archives. But I just want to read this off because I this is. I see Saul at the at the Little Red Feather opening date party though. You did? I did not. Oh no, he was not there. He's in Saratoga, Michelle. I know, I know, but I saw him last year at the Little Red Feather opening date party. I don't know about that. It might have been a guy who looked like Saul. <laughs> All right, let me just go. Adamo, am I saying that right? Adamo, 
grade one United Adama, Nations, yep. Dolce Zell, grade three Lake George, Balnikov, Oceanside. Obviously, that was your favorite win of the weekend. Avenue de France in the Oceanitas. Moira, Moira in the Woodbine Oaks. CZ Moira. Rocket in an allowance race and Harlan Estate in allowance race. Michelle, have you ever won seven races on a weekend? Uh, I have not. My husband, as a jockey, won nine winners in one day, but I've never won seven in a weekend. So, I mean, I know you've won a, won a lot of races. You've won Breeders' Cups. We'll get into some of your greatest hits in a second, but that's a big weekend. Yeah, it was great. It was great. It, it felt like it was the first weekend that I got to go to Saratoga. Um, I went up with my youngest son. He, he's been on the we've been on the, the sports tour all summer, so I haven't been able to really go to any races, and it was nice. Uh, just to be up there with him, and you know, some of the races were live at Saratoga. Most of them were were on the TV, but it was uh, it made for a, a, a really fun weekend, and kind of feels like uh, you know a kickstart as Del Mar gets going and Saratoga gets going. We started the summer off on the right foot, so hopefully we can keep some of it going, some of the momentum going. I always tell people it's good to, it's good to win early in the summer because then people the rest of the summer, regardless of if you win again, say, "Hey, you're having a great meet." You find that? <laughs> Yeah, I do. I, think that's, I, I totally, totally agree with that. I could win. You, know, you win no races. By the end, people will be like, then they start realizing it. Well, you started strong. I haven't seen him in the winner's circle in a while. Right. But it lasts for at least two thirds of the meet. It's yes. a total win. Two thirds of the week. Go ahead, Michelle. So you had horses at four major summer racetracks running this weekend. How do you pick which one to go to just because you wanted to go to Saratoga? Or do you pick by like which horse is going to have the best chance to win? It's a very good question. So it's almost always Saratoga for us whenever we get a chance. It's just my, we've got a house up there. It's my kind of my happy place. And it's really, besides, you know, a couple of days at Churchill around the Derby and you know, maybe a day at Pimlico and the Breeders' Cup, it's really, you know, just with, I got, you know, three kids that are, you know, 11, 12, and 13. Um, I just don't get that much time at the track anymore. And uh, so, so for me, it's almost always Saratoga. This weekend, I will say, um, a horse that you did not name that did not win, uh, Fluffy Socks, who is a, a family favorite, right. um, homebred, and ran second to another Chad Brown horse, which hurt a little bit. Um, we almost made the Mammoth call just because my it was my son's weekend to pick what he wanted to do, and he really wanted to see Fluffy run. Uh, but we made the executive decision that. to stay home, and it was it turned out I think to be the right move because I think he would have been sad if he had been there, even though we would have won the race a few later in the United Nations. You know, interesting that you say that, that you lost to another Chad Brown, because obviously Chad Brown is dominating the turf uh, all, all over the country, maybe except in Southern California where Phil D'Amato is, is dominating the grass, and he had a winner for you. Um, how do you, and you said it was kind of tough, it is interesting when you do lose to your own trainer. What, what, how do you handle that? Do you, you kind of give a little attitude, or are you like, hey, we lost to a better horse, congratulations? I, I mean, I, I hate it. I, uh, <laughs> no, that's, I, I hate it. We want you to be honest. Um, yeah, of course. You know, it's funny. My dad hates it more than I do. Um, you know, I find that like I've, it's happened so many times over, you know, over seven years or so that I'm sort of, I'm sort of used to it now. Um, my dad is the one that gets angry. He'll always call me and, you know, he's like, ah, that are Chad Brown. You know, why does he have to have three in the race? It, you know, realistically, the bottom line is like, you could go somewhere else with your horses if you want. He's obviously an excellent trainer you know, his, his answer would be, you got to run against me. Um, you know, if, if, if you're not with me, I'm going to run a few in the race. You know, you talked about Dolce Zell. We beat another Chad Brown horse by a, you know, a nose to win that race. And yep. we were on the right side of it. So you're not always on the wrong side. And, you know, you always get a good jockey, you know, so there's, it's, it kind of is what it is, but it does, it does sting. Let's, 
Let's talk about that for a second. When we talk about, we'll call them quote unquote super trainers. And you have, whether it's Chad or, or Todd Pletcher or, you know, even Phil D'Amato has a lot, so many horses out here in Southern California. What is your take? Because there is a, I'm going to say a, a, a movement, um, whether that's limiting how many they can train or limiting stall space or anything like that. What is, what's your take on that, Saul? I mean, look, we, we, I think have horses with 30 different trainers today. 30. And wow. so now we're, con- we're concentrated to four or five or six that we would have, you know, most of our horses with, and we would have more than, you know, five or six with 10, 12 trainers. So we use lots of trainers. Um, you know, the ones that we're most concentrated with would probably fit, you know, in, in your list of, of super trainers. I, I think it's free market. I, I think, right. you know, as an owner, you have a choice on where you want to send your horses. I mean, you know, the, the money that we spend on the horses, we, you know, I made it on my own. I get to do what I want with it. If I want to send it to Chad Brown or Todd Pletcher, I can do that. And if I want to send them to Leo Powell, who's done a terrific job for us, or Brittany Russell, who's done a terrific job for us, um, I, I'll do that. And, and that's sort of my prerogative. I think it's a hard thing to take away um, from an owner, the ability to send horses you know, where, where they want. And there's advantages and disadvantages of being in both. And, um, you know, I could make the case that, that you should – you know, spread them out. And I can make the case that, you know, the super trainers have better staff and they're getting better riders and, and, you know, you should have your horses there, uh, you know, and, and, and have them just there. So it's, you know, I I think you got to give people options. I spread my horses out, but I do have a lot of horses with some of the people that would fall in that category. And, you know, I don't want anyone to to take that prerogative away from me. I I think it's, I think I just don't, I think, I don't think it's fair. makes a lot of sense. Saul Cuman joining us here on the owner's box. You talk about all your horses, 30 trainers. I, I don't, I'm going to say upwards of 150, 200. Am I close? I have no idea. Yeah, you're about 150 would be right. about the right number. How in, I, I, we have, I think we have 50 horses right now. And it is basically a full-time job for me to, to keep track and update our owners. And, and you have some partners and do all that kind of stuff. And you've seen the type of work that we do with our communication. I'm sure you don't do it that much because a lot of it's just you. But how do you keep this organized? How do you, how do you, do you talk to all these guys? Because you are pretty involved. I mean, you want to you be heard. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we have yeah, th- basically three partners in every horse we own, right? I, I've got three buddies that I own all my horses with. It's four of us. We've been doing it together for a long time. Um, you know, they get good communication from our team. We've got, you know, two people that work with us full time, John Panicott and Amanda Motts, who do an awesome job for us. Um, and they are always communicating with them, sending them emails on when the horses are running results, emails, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really have to do mm-hmm. much of it. Um, and they're really kind of just my buddies that I own the horses with. Sure. Um, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll occasionally when, you know, bring some other friends in when we'll do like a cult group or something like that. Other friends of ours that, um, you know, that, that want to try to win a derby or something like that. Um, but I have the sort of the three owners and three partners and everything. And, and, um, it, it is hard to keep track of, you know, you, you, before we got on the call, you, you asked me if I saw a breeze, the horse that you and I own together at a farm. Um, you know, I, I just like, I wouldn't see that, you know, I, right. I don't, I don't watch, I don't watch the breezes. If I'm in Saratoga, I'll go out in the morning and if I have a horse breeze, I'll watch it for sure. But that's 15 days a year for me, you know, cause I've just got, I got a job and kids and all kinds of stuff that just keeps me away from, from the track more than I'd, I'd love to be there. And I hope, you know, when I'm older, I'll be able to spend more time there. Um, so, you know, I, I focus on the things where I think I can add value, right? I, you know, I, I get on the phone with them once a week. We go through every horse that's with a trainer. 
um, and and try to you know figure out I know where everyone's pointed. Um, you know, we look at the races and make sure that, that the horses we think are pointed to the right spots and we work closely with our trainers. John is really good at that. Um, and then Amanda and I will go through the horses that are laid up that are on the farms, uh, the two-year-olds that are not out yet, try to figure out where to send them. We talk about that a lot and she's on top of all that and the injuries. So, you know, between the two of them, they're doing all the, all the heavy lifting. And, and for me, it's, you know, when I'm in bed at 11 o'clock at night and, my wife's sleeping. I end up, you know, going through my sheet and trying to make sure I'm up to date with everything. And, um, you know, I do the best I can. I know Michelle has a question. Go ahead, Michelle. Uh, Paul, just want to touch back on what you're saying about it with your, your son's making a pick what he wanted to do. And he was thinking about going to see Fluffy Socks. How often is it that one of your kids on their weekend choose to come to the races? Good question. For my little guy, um, he would go to the races every minute of every day. I mean, he is... <laughs> obsessed i mean loves it i mean he's oh by the way you, you laugh now i'll be begging you for a job in a few years i mean he he loves it he's you know he's on the equibase every night looking i'm at really? work he sends me a text message why is this one running here why is chad riding this jockey i mean wow he he pays attention to everything um and uh and then my other two enjoy coming but they're not, you know, they wouldn't know what Equibase was. They're just not, you know, they're not, uh, they're, they're not focused as much. So they, for them, if they had a free weekend, they might want to come because they'll bring some of their friends and enjoy it. But, um, but the little guy, you know, every free minute, he's, you know, we went through the calendar the other night before I left to come to work. Dad, how many more days will I get at Saratoga? I have two <laughs> lacrosse tournaments and one soccer practice. So can I get there eight more days? And, you know, he, so he's counting. He knows when each horse is going to run and pays a lot of attention to it. So he, he wants to be there all the time. That is very, very oh, you cool. Only need, you only need one kid to do that for you. Yeah. Uh, that's, it's, by the way, that's exactly right. That, that is amazing. <laughs> I, I can only – does he have, like, Chad Brown's cell phone, and does he text him, like, why are you riding Irad here? Because that I would love to see those yeah. text messages. We don't give him the direct – he texts it to me, and he will ask Chad those questions. Um, and he actually likes to give Chad a hard time, but he, uh, he, we don't give him direct, uh, direct line to Chad. He does have it to John and Amanda, but not Chad. That's probably a smart thing. Saul Cuban joining us here. So exactly. I, have, I have a question. We talked about that. We haven't had you on in a while since the lady Eli days. I'm curious, what have you seen, uh, in the industry change in that time? I, I and I have a follow-up to this, but, um, what, what kind of industry changes have you seen in the last, let's call it five years? Oh, wow. It's a hard question. Sorry. Um, that's okay. I, I think it's, you know, I think there, there are definitely more groups of people buying horses together. Um, I think, you know, five, seven years ago, there were less, you know, partnerships. You, sure. you know, you didn't have, um, you know, Starlight, Madigat, and uh, SF going in and buying Colts. You didn't have Rapoli and Viola teamed up and buying Colts. You didn't see Wachtell and Barber own as many horses together. You didn't, I mean, you just go through it. There were, you know, the Phipses would have never partnered in a horse. And then you see him running a horse in a, you know, in a race with two partners, right? Yeah. So th those types of things are, are I think are, are, are a big difference from, from, you know, how it would have been maybe five or six years ago. It's gotten harder. And you and I have talked about this before to buy horses privately. Yeah. Um, it just, for some reason, seems like maybe more people are doing it or, or, you know, when people get a good one, they don't want to sell. Um, so that's become a little bit more difficult, I think, than, than maybe it was a, a handful of years ago. Those are probably the two things that popped in my head. Do you think you started that trend 
by when you first started and you had all that instant success by buying smaller pieces and, and kind of getting your Maticat name on the map and your brand? Do you think that that had something to do with it? Because I, I certainly do. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I don't think we're we're trying to be trendsetters. And, and you know, we did have some some good luck early. And um, I, I am seeing more people do it. But there are lots of people doing it before us as well. Um but but it definitely has picked up and uh, and you're you're seeing it more. It's more competitive. Um, there's more situations where, you know, when you go to call on a horse, they've already gotten six phone calls. Where in the past it was sure. the same two or three people um, that were doing it. So I'm not sure I'm not sure why or how it happened, but it definitely feels like it's um you know it's a real thing. I, I want to follow up on this real quick. Um, and, I, and I know how into analytics you are, and I know what that you study these horses and you study which trainers are good and that kind of thing. But I'm curious for your own program, and let's go back again to the, for the last five years. Wh- how have you changed your program? What changes have you made, you know, for good or, or what have you learned, anything like that? Yeah, well, we've, we've changed the, the people that buy our horses over time um, for lots of different reasons. Um, so it's not, you know, we haven't had consistently the exact same people that are buying our horses. Um, and we, we, we change a lot depending on where the market is, right? Um, so we've had years where we've bought tons of horses from Europe and then years where we haven't bought very many. And we've had years where 70% of our horses have come from yearling sales um, and years where it's been 30%. Um, so we're always looking at data, looking at where things are coming from, trying to figure out where the opportunities were. You know, this year we bought, you know, essentially no horses of the two-year-old sales, mm-hmm. where last year we met about 20. Um, and that was just our decision. I, we don't know if it was the right or wrong move. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you in a year or two. Um, so we're, we're always, you know, changing things a little bit. Um, we're, we're changing, you know, we change the trainers that we use. There's obviously been some that we've used for a long time and, and, um, and we continue to use, and then we add people and subtract people depending on, uh, you know, data and frankly, what our experience has been with them, you know, managing horses, communicating all the stuff that that's important to guys like, um, you know, to, to guys like us that are, that are managing stable. So, um, you know, that, that's really the, probably the biggest, the, the, the stuff that sticks, sticks in my mind. Makes a lot of sense. I know Michelle, you want to take it back to a more fun direction. Go ahead. I don't know about fun, but, I, you know, you guys are talking with too much brain. I like to talk with some more heart. So, Saul, we knew how much that Lady Eli mentioned you, which is the last time we talked to you. I got to know who is your current favorite that's running and uh, what baby that you have at the farm that you would, if you could only go out to watch one baby work, who would it be? Oh, gosh. It's obviously the so, first The first part's easy. It's Balnikov. Yeah, Balnikov, of course. How can you, how can you uh, not win a stake with my man over here and have it not be at the top that of the table? That was awesome. Um, yeah, I'd say, you know, that we have two homebreds, um, with, with slumber, uh, running and they've, they've both done a pretty good job. One was obviously fluffy socks that we talked about earlier. Um, that, that's probably a, a house favorite. Um, and then there's a horse that's going to run on the Belmont Derby, uh, coming up here in a, I think a, not this weekend, but next weekend called Psy Dog. That's named after my, uh, my, my son's, uh, best friend, Psy. Uh, that that, that we we really love as well, just because you know we we've been super attached to Slumber. Um, we we purchased them a few years ago and bred twenty five mares to them this year. So we believe in them. Um, they're they're all going to be New York breds, and and we're going to do it again next year, and um, you know try to make that a bigger part of our program. So I'd say today those are probably the two uh, fan favorites uh, in the in the Cuban household. Um, as far as babies, um, you know we've got a. Uh, a horse that's a, a, a turf colt, we think. Uh, his name is Take Me to Jimmy. 
um, that hasn't run yet with <laughs> who is with Jimmy? Pat Stop! Brown. Jimmy. Come on. Who is Jimmy? Take me to Jimmy. Uh, remember, I don't know if you know Jimmy, but but when you come to Saratoga, I'll introduce you. He is, uh, a, a, you know, after the races when you really need a cocktail, we have found ourselves saying many times, "Take me to Jimmy." Um, and I need to uh, meet Jimmy 100%. yeah, you need yeah. to meet Jimmy. Come to Saratoga, and and we will spend time with Jimmy. Um, I will be there. But he, Travers but, Week, Saul. Travers Week. Uh, that's a, that's a date. I will be there too, and we will take we will have a cocktail with Jimmy. Um, so and, and so he's a you know, two year old cold. He's related to Tammy the Torpedo, which was one of our early horses, our first Saratoga win. So we, we're we're pretty high on on him. I'm trying to think of anything else. We've got a, a bunch, um, you know, with Bob out in uh, in California as part of that group. Um, you know, a horse called Massimo, another horse called Caramel Road that they like a lot. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't. I I tend to be a little bit more balanced. Uh, on the two-year-olds until they run um, and then sort of make an assessment. So I, I don't have anything super exciting there, but look for take me to take me to Jimmy when he, when it's time to roll. Oh, well, you talked about Saratoga. You know I'm coming in. Uh, I will be there August 5th. I will be there for that Saturday, Sunday, and then for the sale, Saul. I need some advice. Billy, you're going on like a different weekend than I, I am. Know. How can we have I, any fun? I know. Well, it's probably a good thing that we're not there together. We might just take over the town. But, Saul, where, do I want to go to the club? Will I get an invitation? Like, what, what is happening? What, what do I need to do? I have, I've only been to Saratoga in my whole life for about two hours. So this is going to be a week-long <laughs> journey, and I expect some guidance. You well, the first wait, thing we have to do is wait. Is that a true help. story, Billy? You've only been yes. in Saratoga for two hours. It's a true story. Yes. Wow. Yep. Well, Michelle, we're going to have to help him get some new gear because yes, his uh, sure. his, Del- yeah. his Delmar attire is probably not going to roll. No, yeah, and no flip flops. Work. All right. So, so we'll tell get me. You, no we'll get you situated. So first of all, I need yeah, gear. What do I? What am I doing? Bad news for you is I won't be there the weekend of October of uh, of August fifth. I'll be oh, there for no. the sale. So you're you so you're uh, Michelle's pick the better oh. weekend because I will be there when you're there, Michelle. Um, but I will still get you hooked up with the club. Though, he can pretend he's still human everywhere. Yeah, I mean that's, we don't. That's we kind true. of do look a little bit alike. <laughs> Both very I mean, handsome. Saul's better looking, <laughs> but like for sure you guys do have that same like jaw structure and the hair. Yeah, we could be brothers. I like brothers. I like that. Thank I you. I think Michelle. I'm older than you. Am, um, I, am I your older brother? I like that. I think we could play that role. Yeah, I, like the older I, I kind of immature, like the Funkle, you know. <laughs> the yeah, when you show up, we'll we'll set you up. We'll take care of you. I mean, it's you just got to get to the track during the day, and there's there's obviously lots of great places to go uh, after the track. We'll get you over to the club. We'll have you. We'll set you up in the box. We'll take good care of you. I appreciate that. Where, when will you be out to Del Mar anytime this summer? You know, I'm trying to come out potentially the last weekend, Labor Day weekend. Oh, fantastic! Second to last weekend. Is that the second to last weekend? Yes, that's now. Yeah, we yeah. close September 11th. Oh, that's tremendous! I yeah, didn't it's know great. That. Yeah, yeah. You oh, come so, so, come out here for a week. By the way. Actually, I'm looking at my calendar now. I might be able to swing some of that. That'd that'd be that could happen. Well, when we do, should oh. we should we go to should we go to Ken's again? I'm in. Best sushi I've had in a long time. Yeah. Well. Oh, I want an invite on this dinner. Okay, you're in, Michelle. Me and you. <laughs> let's just go <laughs> us in. three. You're Nobody in. else has to go. Saul, I promised you 20 minutes. We're at 21, so we I'm going to let you go. We really appreciate it. Wishing you the best of luck this summer. Uh, thank you. Uh, listen, uh, Saul, I can tell you guys all that he's a great partner to be associated with. Um, very easy and just, we have a lot of fun together. So Saul, we appreciate that as well. Wait, can I ask one question? Yes. Quick? 
I want who calls who more? Billy calls Saul for horses, no, I, or Saul calls Billy for I horses? I call Saul. That's an easy one. I, I I call it a team. I call it a team. Sometimes he calls me. Sometimes I call him. He's more focused than me, so he calls me more because I normally miss stuff. But we got a great relationship. <laughs> it's very He's a good. good. Man. It's it's a lot of fun, Saul. We appreciate it. We hope you have a great weekend. Hopefully, I'm sorry I won't get this. I'll see you for the sale because I will be there for yeah, that I'll see week. You for the sale. I'll and see you for and, the sale, and we'll sure. have some fun when we get to Saratoga. Saul Cuman, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Saul, appreciate it. Awesome. See you guys. Thanks so much Thanks, for having me. Have a good one. Bye. Right. Bye, Michelle. Saul Cuman here on the uh, owner's box. And uh, let's take one more break and then we'll come right back. Fixed Odds Betting, powered by Betmakers, is back and in effect at Monmouth Park. And the early returns are fantastic, with 70% of winners paying more on fixed odds than they are on the tote. Soon, fixed odds wagering will be available throughout the state. This is an exciting new way to bet that really puts the power to get value in your hands. Ready for this, Michelle? The I'm odds ready. you the odds you bet are the odds you get. You'll be continuing to hear a lot more about fixed odds betting opportunities across the In the Money Media Network. Betmakers. All right, Michelle. What are your three takeaways from Saul Cuman? Um, and they can be my anything. Three, okay, so I I want to say I love the fact that his son is getting so involved in racing. It's cool. You're right. I think that for someone that loves racing, you want to have at least one kid get into it, and it's what we need, right, for the future of our sport. Someone needs to be involved. I think we saw a lot of that from like Kaleem Shah's son really wanted to get into it, and yep. you know we need people like that. So I love to hear about the future of our sport. So that to me was really touching and really. Optimistic. Yeah, it was very nice. Yep. Um, So I like that. I also love just hearing about like who their favorite horses are and how you know fluffy socks is like the the family. I think it's the 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 ones they breed. You obviously you know you like to you've often asked on our show which is your favorite thing to do. You know the way you ask it is so much better than the way I had just said it. But um, and it's obvious that they really appreciate the breeding aspect and breeding their own horses and, and naming them, you know, whether it's Fluffy Socks or Psydog or, um, you know, naming them something that's important to them. I thought that was really cool, too. And then I would say the third thing is just how <clears throat> the realization that, you know, he was kind of a pioneer, like you had mentioned, in the acquisition of currently racing horses and I like the way that he's, I don't want to say pivoted, but he's, you know, rolled with the times. And now that it's not, I'm not the first call, I'm the eighth or ninth call. Um, and how he's still, you know, continuing to come up with really good horses, despite that being the case, I think is awesome. Yeah, I think that his the way he's doing it, and you can call it analytics, you can call it whatever you want, but the way that he approaches ownership and the fact that he's dipping his toe into many different uh, uh, aspects, whether it's breeding, whether it's like he mentioned euros, whether it's buying, buying privately, whether it's going into a cult group, going, you know, he, he's, he's going in so many different directions, but yet he seems to have a firm grasp on all of them. I don't think he's necessarily spread too thin even, and he has really, I, th- I thought it was nice what he said about John and Amanda that he has, t- you know, really good people working with them, really good bloodstock agents, obviously really good trainers. And, and it's a good team. And I think if you're going to be in this sport, and we've said it, I think we've said it a thousand times on our show, you have to have a team. You cannot do this by yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who thinks they they can, you're wrong. Um, even right. I don't I don't care who you are. L- look at even you know even Ryan. Let's take Ryan Hansen for example. He's got to have his owners. He's got to have you marketing him. He's got to have his uh, all the people in his staff, uh, his exercise riders. You know, a lot of people say, well, oh, this guy's winning all the time. He's cheating. That's the easiest thing to say. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that about Ryan. I'm just saying. When you go to these barns and you see whether it's a Chad Brown or a Phil D'Amato, um, you see the people that have worked with Phil. I'll use Phil as an example for you know a hundred years. The same grooms are there that were there when Mike Mitchell was there. Nothing, not mm-hmm. that much has changed, right? The exercise riders are really good. They're top of the line. You know, all that stuff matters. And I think that was that's what I, I kind of took away is that whole team concept that Saul uses and his partners. You know, you don't you don't have Saul goes in with people he respects and that he likes and uh, and thankfully he said nice things about us um because we have several horses with him and 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 i think the feeling is mutual so i know i don't think the feeling's mutual the feeling is mutual michelle <laughs> i'm so glad and i'm looking forward to uh getting to go to have a drink with him sorry that you're not going to be there that week i know that sucks but you chose bad weeks i didn't choose but bad week i'm going for the whitney he's coming, he's coming out here now you're going to the whitney yeah I mean, is that a bad week to go? Weekend no, to go? It's I'm, not. We're it's running in the test. It's actually a really great week. I'm running in the test. Uh, we're Who running in the test when? Elm Drive. Oh. Yeah, she's been uh, with Michelle Nevin now for a month. Oh, ever I since didn't the know. last race. Yeah, we're running the test against Mateera and a bunch of other really good, really fast three year old fillies. And we're running Oakhurst, our, our Mr. Speaker filly with Chad Brown, in the $700,000 Saratoga Oaks on Sunday. Awesome. 7th. Yeah. So, big weekend. Nice. And we just bought into a two-year-old with Tom Amos and my good friend Sam Aguiar and his wife Janelle, uh, a filly named Promise of Hope, who broke her maiden at first asking at Churchill, and she's going to run in the Adirondack on the 7th. Oh, well, that sounds like a great weekend. Again. Yeah, and then you have the Fasic Tipton sale. Hello. Mm-hmm. And then I have my boy Tate in the John Morrissey on the 12th. Oh. So I'm spending right. a well, week in Saratoga, good. Michelle. This is going to be insane. It's going to be fun. It's going to be super fun. I just don't know how I'm going to pack. <laughs> what no, do you mean? They've already told me no flip-flops. I've got no, no flip-flops I've and warning. no sh- They actually won't let you in the paddock with flip-flops, shorts, or a t-shirt. You have to have a collared shirt. Yeah, I'm not taking any shorts. I'm going to take one pair of shorts for my off days, you know. But we'll see what happens. Um, Michelle, <laughs> what's coming up at Del Mar this weekend? Oh, okay. So coming up at Del Mar, obviously we have a uh, beach boss going on on Saturday. What's so the current score of beach boss? Just, I forgot. I can... Billy's winning and everybody else has zero Okay. after one week Thank you. where he was re- required to pick his horse. So like, I don't know. I feel like it's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can I just say one thing? Are we yeah. going, can we just keep it with the win place and show and not do exactas oh, and tries? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Win place and show only. Okay. Um, okay. I also do daybreak at Del Mar Saturdays and Sundays, 730 to 930. Um, as far as fun stuff goes, the Friday is turf club Fridays on Saturday. We do have a handicapping challenge happening at Del Mar. It is on track only. It's a $5,000 buy-in, which includes a $3,500 bankroll and a hundred percent of the prize pool is going to be returning cash and prizes. Um, and first place is $70,000. The $10,000 entry fee to BCBC, choice of NHC and a travel stipend, or the Pacific Classic Betting Challenge. Uh, you get all that, but with a little bit less money, $25,000 for second, $5,000 for third, but still all the other betting stuff. Fourth is 10000 
How is third 5,000? Okay, so sorry. Fourth is no cash, just all the entry stuff. And then fifth, you get 2,500 bucks and the $10,000 entry to BCBC. Ooh, and it goes on like actually all the way contest. down to 10. How do you get in that? You contact Chris Barr? Yep, Chris at DMTC.com for all the details there. So if you like to play contests and you're going to be on track. I might uh, that play that. On. I'm thinking so, about playing so, that. Let me tell you what's fun too is they do it both Saturday and Sunday, right? Whoever leads at the end of day one gets a free seat into the Pacific Classic Betting Challenge, regardless. Oh, it's a two-dayer. It's a two-dayer. Ooh, I just like, like I like well, I like Saturday's card. I like a couple of our horses on Saturday. Well, just to be fair, you haven't seen Sunday's card yet. I know, but I like, I like a couple horses on Saturday. The Sunday, the Sunday has the Eddie Reed Stakes too. Oh yeah, I'm not in that. Well, I I think that there's going to be some good horses in there. Isn't Hong Kong Harry going to run in there? Yeah, your favorite horse. I yeah. Do you, do you think Phil D'Amato <laughs> has any horses in the in the Eddie Reed? Oh, I bet you it's it's going to be like Chad Brown. <laughs> <laughs> what else, so, Michelle? That's anyway, the on as far as sticks races go, Thursday is the Fleet Tree. Friday is the Daisy Cutter. Saturday is the San Diego and the Bing, which we kind of previewed um, earlier on. And then Sunday is the Eddie Reed. Sounds like an amazing weekend. I think it's going to be awesome. These fields are full. Guys, if you haven't, guys and gals, I shouldn't say guys anymore. I'm going to get canceled. Um, go out to Del Mar. It is so beautiful down here. And by the way, I'm going to give a little tip. Um, it gets chilly later in the card. Did you notice that? Uh, yes. Especially now Friday is four o'clock Fridays. I would definitely bring a little, you know, little sweatshirt, little sweater, little pullover. Little, what are those called? Little quarter, quarter zip. Oh, you know, what would be so nice mm. is like, you know, you have those really thin little red feather, like lightweight hoodies. Yes. Those would be good. I like those. I wear those all the time. All right. Maybe we should make some owner's box. Um, uh, with, quarter our, zips. with our little, um, with our, with our... people on it. <laughs> It's our cartoon people. You know, not intentionally, but Gary Fenton has seen me like the last four days and I've worn like little red feather clothes every day. He's like, is this the only thing you have in your closet? I'm like, so yes. It's yes, comfortable. It uh, thank you to all of our sponsors, even ones we didn't mention today. Breeders' Cup and Gainsway and TaylorMade and Betmakers and who else am I missing, Michelle? Delmar, uh, Santa Anita, Adelphi. Cup. Everybody that make this show possible, we really appreciate it. And obviously, thank you to all the listeners out there. We know you guys get mad when we don't do a show. That was a planned break. We warned you, and we're back now. We're back. We're back, baby. Back um, from we'll, space. We'll be back again next week with another great guest. Thank to, to Saul. Let me say that again. Thank you to Saul Cuman for coming on. Mm -hmm. Really appreciate it, Saul. Good luck this weekend, and good luck to everybody this weekend. Let's have another awesome weekend of Del Mar racing. Ditto. All right. Later. Bye.